Looks like you've managed to make your way into the Menagerie of Mysteries. I'm Dr. Dave Scorpion Blood, and I am just pleased as punch to see you. Well, you're the patient, I'm the podcast. Let's get to it. You know, politics is as much about what you do as what you don't do. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing, and that's what this story is about. Let's join a friend of mine for a tale of government inaction in action. This story is called The Jupiter Group. I'd found myself in Virginia for a week after a funeral, and I was crashing on the couch with Christy, an internet friend I had been in contact with for a few years. Christy worked in Arlington as a file clerk. By all accounts, it was a boring gig, but she was far away from the gory or work of government and was able to hang on to a pretty decent health care plan. During her workday, I spent most of my time on walks through the city and catching up on a couple books on the porch, and that was where I caught sight of the cabinet. It was a grungy, gray-green thing, half the size of a kitchen stove. As Christy leaned it out of the trunk of her car, a thin line of dust trickled down from the dented top. Hey, help me out with this thing, would you? Oh, uh, yeah, hang on. You bringing your work home? There was a sale at work. They decommission old stuff like this when they clear out an old office. I figure I can use it for taxes or something, you know? Well, it'd be tough to break into, I'll give you that. They don't make them like they used to, huh? Set it down right here. There we go. How about we crack this thing open? I got a key at the depot. Uh, sure. Hang on, I'll grab us a couple beers. Ooh, this is exciting. What is this? There's there's files in here. So what? There shouldn't be anything in here. This stuff all gets decommissioned. Oh my god. These are classified. Put everything back. Come on. Come on. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I, I, you know what? I stayed here to relax a little, and the CIA's gonna ship me off to some secret prison in Belarus. But, you know, we don't even know how classified these are. I don't even know what what department they're from. Christy, what? it's probably treason to even... No, no, there's There's no way to return these without taking a look, just to verify. Oh, jeez. In the end, I couldn't talk her out of it. Christy cracked open the top shelf, which was packed with faded manila folders. The smell of old permanent marker ink poured out of the cabinet. We gradually pieced together the story, and just like so many other evils, this one started in the Reagan administration. June, June 1987. The following, the following is a report, is a report on, on ongoing, ongoing American efforts to American weaponize efforts the forces of the occult. In 1986, a team consisting of military defense experts, physicists, and three independent contractors was assembled by Joan Quigley, chief astrologer to First Lady Nancy Reagan, with the purpose of establishing contact with non-human supernatural entities. The first American incantations and rituals have been spoils of the ongoing Cold War. Soviet efforts to use the supernatural have been optimistic at best. There is evidence, and copious data, 
but all attempts to utilize it in the field have resulted in nothing but dead technicians. The effort to weaponize demonic entities has continued up until this time with minimal funding, but recent rumors of successful Russian telepathy experiments have breathed new life into the U.S. program, now codenamed the Jupiter Group. It is not within the purview of this report to go into the demonic rituals attempted, or their costs. Results were similar to those of the Russians. The cost of acquiring texts and equipment was high, and the human toll of the experiments was beginning to... lower morale. After months of grim sacrifices, hasty banishments, and covert burials, Mrs. Quigley had a novel idea. Instead of courting the same alliance as the Russians, the team should turn its focus upwards. So the Jupiter group made its first efforts to contact heaven rather than hell. When the first attempts at Enochian, or angel magic, proved ineffective, the team tried a more creative approach. Notably, one Ivy League scientist, who shall remain unnamed for purposes of this report, attempted the first contact by literally upending a classic demonic ritual with the altar and implements bolted to the ceiling of the test facility. The physicist also used a pneumatic pump with a foot pedal to squirt holy water up onto the altar as a possible opposite to virgin blood. Reports suggest that this succeeded only in causing minor water damage to the site. After a year of trial and error, a combination of photovoltaic cells and radio signal manipulation has succeeded in increasing the telepathic range of the most effective rituals, and we are confident we are that first contact, that first contact, is, contact imminent. is imminent. Can you believe this? No. No, I can't. The U.S. government was trying to talk to God. This is like Indiana Jones. Oh, God. Oh, God. They're going to put me in a secret prison, and they're going to feed me to demons. Cabinet's room number should be stamped on a little plate on here somewhere. Here it is. Oh, hey, it's here in Arlington. No. No, 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 no. Yes, no, yes, no, no, yes, no. yes, yes. You... You don't want me to hang on to this stuff, do you? And it needs to be returned to the right place, right? And you don't want me to go alone, do you? Uh. Christy called around and found the facility on the tag to try to bring the cabinet home. Oh, so this isn't the place where the cabinet was actually used? Uh, yeah, it's anyone's guess where the cabinet originally came from. We're just storage for files and equipment from all over the Department of Defense. But if you want to bring the cabinet by tomorrow, it's no problem. I'll hunt around for the right spot in storage before you get here. Uh, just look for me. I'll be the tall guard with the big beard. Okay, thanks, I guess. So we were off. The next day, we packed up the cabinet and a rolling dolly and drove into Arlington creeping through side streets until we came to a grim, stale office building. There was a gate, but it was wide open. No security, no cubicles, just all these rooms. What does the plate say again? B085 East Wing. B085, that's gotta be a basement level. I think I saw some stairs that way. The stairwell's lights buzzed as we descended. The air became somehow oppressive, and I caught just the lightest whiff of ozone. This place is huge. There's no offices, just those, what are they, freight containers? 
I guess we're looking for container 085. 081, 083, 085. Here we are. Ready? Uh, yeah. Let's drop it off and get out of here. You put that back? I'll be looking next door. Christy, no! Okay. Oh, there's a light switch. Oh, there's a whole office suite in here. Alright, let's put you back by the desk here. There you go. Safe and back home. Home safe, where you can't get me indicted. That's weird. There's papers here and an ashtray. thought this was all storage. Let's take a look here. August, August 1987. 1987. Final, Final report, report on the, the Jupiter, Jupiter Group. Group. After months of trial and error, the refined rituals produced the Swedenborgian energy patterns that were incredibly promising. Analysis suggested its wavelength was notably different than previously observed spiritual portals associated with heaven or hell, so Jupiter Group made its first attempts at contact, using blasts of alternating radio waves at a sigil enclosed in a modified Faraday cage. Soon, contact was established when the site of the ritual began to luminesce and a glowing humanoid figure appeared inside the Faraday cage. At this point, a high-level advisor uttered perhaps the least official greeting in U.S. history. Transcript follows. Hello? Is this angels? Hello. This is angels. I'm a representative of the United States government. Of Earth. We were hoping to, uh, speak with God? Hello. I am God. We have contacted you because we are seeking assistance. Our world is in danger from communist influences in Russia and various other countries. Both we and the communists have developed nuclear weapons, but an exchange of fire could destroy everyone. This has put us at a standstill with this existential threat to humanity and world peace. Humanity... You are hoping I put in assistance. That's correct. We have angels. We are an existential threat to Russia. That's... that's wonderful. But we are hoping to exchange... It quickly became clear that these angels, or God, wanted to negotiate a deal over the wholesale destruction of communist forces. The price the entity demanded is not the purview of this report, but suffice to say that the decision to shut down and abandon the program was made within minutes of the offer. However, the team had significant issues actually banishing the entity. Standard efforts were ineffective, and the entity didn't seem to want to leave on its own. During this process, two key facts were discovered. The team determined that the entity could pick up and mimic images and words from television signals when one technician turned around to see the hunched, glowing figure of Jesus Christ. It's me. Your favorite, Jesus Christ. I tell you, the cage openers will inherit the earth. I tell you now, my Father in heaven is angels. He is an existential threat to mortality. 
and some days after that, it appeared as President Richard Nixon, with massive hands and empty, glowing pits for eyes. It's me, your President Tricky Nixon. I can't open trade with China if you don't open this cage. Are you JFK Kennedy? Let me hug you on the inside. The second discovery came when a technician stepped within four feet of the Faraday cage, at which point the entity showed an ability to extend one arm through the mesh of the cage. After the technician's body was removed from the premises, the entity took his form. It's me, I, your representative of the United States government of Earth. Open the cage so our brains can see each other. At this point, it has been determined that the risk of further interaction with the entity is a higher cost than managing to banish it. The entity appears to be mostly bound to the cage, so it is the decision of the Jupiter Group that the cage and all project material should be stored in an undisclosed location to give military intelligence time to discover a way to eliminate the threat and hopefully limit the entity's access to further information about our world. May God, God have, have mercy, mercy on our, on soul. our souls. I scrambled out and threw open the door of the freight locker Christie had been headed towards. I found her, bathed in a green glow, standing in front of a six-foot-tall mesh dome, a Faraday cage. At the foot of the cage, I saw a spray of pulpy gore being soaked up by the tatters of a uniform. And inside the cage, an impossibly tall figure was folded over, staring out with glowing eyes like sickly green galaxies. Its wiry beard covered the front of a warped simulacrum of a security guard uniform. Its arm was extended, one pulsing gray claw just inches away from Christie's face. Lapse of time operates to terminate an offer which the intended recipient does not respond to it within a reasonable time. The negotiation has ended due to inaction on behalf of the targeted party. Don't call us. We'll call you. And then in a flash, the creature was gone. Friends, there is an important lesson to take away from this story. And that is the importance of civil servants. You know, uh, there's a lot of crowing about great men of history, but behind every great man, there are a thousand people who are clerks and secretaries and mid-level managers who make small decisions at the right time and keep the wheels on the national bus, and they do it without any hope of credit, just because it's the right thing to do. I'd like to close our tale with a quote from President Abraham Lincoln. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature.
Hey, it's Micah here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our guest voice this week was Sasha Palmer. Sasha is a fantastic illustrator. Uh, they once uh, painted two watercolors of my cats in little outfits. It's great. You can find their work at sashapalmer.com. That's C-E-S-Y-A palmer.com. A few people have said Sasha and I are pretty similar, but there is one surefire way to tell us apart, and that is I am always nice and Sasha is always mean. The story and music for this episode were written by me, Mike Cheek, with the story edited by Jack Schnelly. Jacks can be found at JL underscore Schnelly on Twitter. That's JL underscore S-C-H-N-E-L-L-E. Thank you so much. Hope you stick around for the next one.